Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It is Thursday, August 11th. It's a big birthday week for my family. Actually, my sister's birthday was last week. My cousin's was yesterday. My uncle's is today. I'm tomorrow, but uh, I don't like celebrating my birthday. By the way, my name is Jacob Cohen. I'm here with Juliet Benarila, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, Juliet's going to be telling us all about the economics of scary horror movies, why they make a ton of sense for the streaming era, and why a movie like Bird Box, which costs around $20 million to make, is potentially far more valuable than a movie like Red Notice with The Rock, which costs $200 million. But before we get to that, we're going to run through what's happening in business and tech. Let's get crackalacking. Yeah, so I'm looking at this down payment United Airlines just made for flying taxis. Yesterday, they dropped $10 million to bring the prospect of flying cabs, I guess, a little closer to reality. They made this payment toward 100 of the 200 EV toll electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft that they previously made a request for from this company, Archer Aviation. The deal at large is valued at a billion dollars. So it appears this payment, I guess, brings them about 1% of the way there. They're not the only airline or company in this space. Last year, American Airlines invested $25 million in a company called Vertical Aerospace. They committed on paper to pre-delivery payments for 50 of their aircraft. The money is yet to be seen, though. Obviously, problem here, the red tape. The aircraft aren't approved to fly passengers, though the FAA is working on making that happen and potentially granting certifications by 2024. The head of United's venture arm told the Wall Street Journal the company will announce routes soon for these aircraft and that the prices will be like riding in an Uber black. And I just will believe that when I see it, you know? Yeah, I feel like regulation on those things has to be quite time consuming. Time-consuming. That is one way to describe it, of course, yes. <laughs> anyway, in other news, a new Pew survey found 95% of U.S. teens use YouTube, 67% use TikTok, and 32% use Facebook, down from 71% in 2015. The survey also found 36% of teens think they spend too much time on social media, and 8% say they spend too little time on social media. Mm, I don't know who those 8% are and what they think they should be doing. <laughs> yeah. In other news, Disney earnings came out last night. The company beat analyst expectations, especially in streaming, where Disney Plus subscriptions rose to $152.1 million, though average revenue per user are poo. During the fiscal third quarter, Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus combined to lose over a billion dollars. For Disney Plus, decreased by 5% in the U.S., and the company's introducing new pricing tiers and a move toward making money on streaming instead of losing money. So I guess that's good strategy. <laughs> Moving along, Spotify launched a new site for selling concert tickets directly to fans, as opposed to routing users to sites like Ticketmaster. This is smart. 
Right During the company's investor day in June, CEO Daniel Exidy envisions Spotify becoming a business 10 times its current size. And to do that, they're going to need to get in front of every penny that passes through this platform. So this is, I guess, one way of doing that. And finally, we got some bad news and we got some good news. The bad news is that consumer prices rose 8.5% year over year in July. Good news is that it was less than expected, and it could indicate that inflation is easing up a little bit. And also that workers saw a 0.5% monthly increase in real wages. Noise. And with that, Juliet, should streamers get spooky? What's the deal with this? Apparently, getting spooky is a good move. So I was reading in CNBC, the founder advisory firm Creative Media, Peter Chotty, said he thinks Netflix should further embrace horror and horror franchises. Mm. And he's got a couple of reasons for this. For one, we know Netflix target demographic likes it. Many of its hits are horror or at least horror adjacent. Stranger Things, The Witcher. Yep. They've got monsters. Midnight Mass, that's horror. Squid Game, kind of like Battle Royale or The Purge. So I can see it. Fear Street, they released three Fear Street movies and they did pretty well. Mm. But the important thing here is that horror is actually really cheap to make. Blumhouse's entire model for years has been like, here's a horror movie on a small budget. And then oftentimes they crush it in theaters. Get Out being a great example. The two most profitable films of all time, apparently, at least when you compare their budget to how much they eventually brought in. Um, so like they're, they're gross are actually Paranormal Activity and the Blair Witch Project, wow. which is not surprising considering one is someone running around with a handheld camera in the woods and the other is someone who set up a sleep cam in their house. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of like this analysis a lot because I feel like this has always been the case for horror across genres. Like when I was a kid and I would go to the library, there were always two genres that you knew you were going to be able to find a bunch of little paperbacks that were like 200 pages long and easy to digest. And they were romance yep. and horror. And a lot of them are written by the same author. So you could be like, oh, look, I have 100 Christopher Pike books to choose from. I never read any of the romance books, but I did read like every horror book my library had. And a lot of them are now <laughs> ending up on Netflix. Fear Street being one, that's R.L. Stein, And then Mike Flanagan, who Netflix has had great success with, with Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Vile Manor, Midnight Mass. He's doing a Christopher Pike thing. Um, what is it? The Midnight Club is, I do not remember anything about this book, but I am sure I read it when I was in junior. This is really like your genre. This is my genre. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but you like Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. That's true. And you don't, you know, you don't really necessarily consider it like horror at first glance, but it really is like at the end of the day, it's, it falls into this category. And I, we, we were looking at some really cool stats earlier, uh, kind of comparing Red Notice to Bird Box. You want to discuss those quickly? Yeah, so Red Notice, big, big blockbuster type movie uh, with a bunch of A-listers, you know, The Rock, who doesn't love The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, apparently cost $200 million to make, and it is Netflix's top movie. But when you compare that to Bird Box, which cost about $19.8 million to make, that's Netflix's third most popular movie. Yeah. And you did some of the math here. Uh, so Bird Box got, what, 77% of the viewership for less than 10% <laughs> yeah. of the cost. And I feel like... People talked about Bird Box for days. Oh, yeah. There are still memes about it. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with the movie, it's basically Sandra Bullock is trapped in this, uh, this, this apocalyptic event where if you look at a creature that you never even see, they never had to spend money even making the thing. <laughs> yeah. If you look at it, you die. 
So it's her like blindfolding herself and running around with her two children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such a cheap movie to make. But people memed it for weeks. And I feel like that's the kind of movie where like if everyone is talking about it, you're like, well, sh- now I got to get Netflix because I got to see this thing so I can get all the jokes. I feel like for sure, you know. Game of Thrones was the same way. After a while, they're just like, okay, I want to know what you're talking about. And I I didn't get that with Red Notice. Oh, I mean, that was a terrible movie. Let's just put it out there. Right. And I feel like horror is very unique in that even a bad horror movie can be a good time. Mm. And I feel like that's somewhat true of action movies, maybe. Right. It's not true of dramas. If you're going to be a bad drama, you have to be like the room bad or you're just not fun. Yeah. I do feel like it is less risky. And even this weekend, if we look at the movies that have come out recently on streaming services, I know The Gray Man was on Netflix. I know it cost a bunch of money. Didn't watch it. Don't see anyone talking about it. However, Hulu dropped a Predator reboot, Prey. Yeah. I see tons of critics calling it the best Predator movie ever, which may be a low bar, but also like (laughs) just really loving it. Um, And it had a lot of like really interesting things about it. It's one of the only movies you can watch that you can watch dubbed in Comanche, which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like Hulu won the weekend with a a reboot of like this horror franchise. And then Netflix dropped, I think, another $200 million on The Gray Man. Yeah. And I don't hear anyone talking about it. Yeah. You know why? Because no one is. <laughs> yeah. And I watched one that was entirely on Zoom. It was exactly 60 minutes long and they never left Zoom. Right. And I just feel like you couldn't sustain a Zoom romance, probably, or a Zoom drama. What was that movie called? Host. Host. Oh, like the Zoom yeah. meeting host. That's funny. <laughs> she, she was the host of the, of the Zoom. Oh, my God. I have to watch that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty great and it's very short. It's funny because going on Zoom meetings in general feels like a horror movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they like used all the weird filters and all of the weird tricks that Zoom has to like make it terrifying. <laughs> That's hilarious. And bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you can go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co. And we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>